Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Saturday, November the 20th, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I this is my favorite podcast of the week, our Saturday visit from Mr. Josh Crash Davis, where we get to go through the entire slate, and then at the end, build a two brains are better than one FanDuel GPP lineup. So Crash, I love Saturday mornings, the weekend starting. It's just this is a fun podcast. Are you ready to to knock some winners out for our listeners? Yeah, I love I love Saturday mornings and I love Saturday mornings in the fall when you wake up and the leaves are on the ground. It's kind of cool and it's just nice to just kind of soak it all in. So love Saturday mornings. Well, it's supposed to be 76 here in Dallas today. Everybody's oh, wow. out there golfing and doing all their stuff. I mean, this is a cool time. Mm-hmm. to live in Texas and uh, enjoy the weather. So hopefully it stays for a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, make the most of it while you can, because I know it's going to cool off here soon for you. So, Yeah. And we never know after last year with that big ice storm, snowstorm, uh, you never know, even right? in Texas, it's possible. So, well, awesome. Appreciate everybody listening in. It's been a super busy week, and we have a, a jam-packed weekend here at Coach Talk. Of course, all the NBA action all weekend. Our PGA players are going at it. And uh, and then, of course, football being the, the always the superstar on the weekend with the awesome Sunday slate. Listen to the podcast with uh, you and uh, Andrew. It was fantastic. You, you pumped up for some football tomorrow as well? Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I'm really looking forward to that game with Dallas and Kansas City. That's going to be a fun game to watch. You know, I saw that uh, uh, our man Omaha Joe, just to give me the business, he, he put a Kansas City Chief on no. as a thumbnail. That is dirty pull. So, mm. Omaha, I'm going to get you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got Travis Kelsey. I, I noticed that, too. So. Yeah, that stung when I saw it. I almost was going to take it off and put Dak on there, but I don't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's j- dive into NBA here. This is this going to be a, a really good uh, card. Super slate, nice eight-game main slate, and no staggering. On Friday nights, Yahoo's been starting a half an hour later. It, it jacks everything up, but so much easier when we have all – the main slate games and it's a good size slate all start at the same time. So remember here at DFS coach talk, you can join us by the way, by going to dfscoachtalk.com. weekend, perfect time, three day membership for 10 bucks. You can get everything today, tomorrow and Monday in basketball. And of course the Sunday and Monday football, just 10 bucks. But um, what I wanted to say was it's, from a basketball sense, I mean, it's just been an amazing couple of days. We had a huge slate yesterday, pretty good size slate today. We've got mm-hmm. eight teams on the second night of a back-to-back, mm-hmm. and that's huge news because second night of a back-to-back, man, it really shuffles the deck with people's rotations. Yeah, some you know, some uh, coaches really split minutes. Some you know will ride with their main guy. So we're gonna talk through all of that uh, on this podcast as well and, uh, you know, see where everything shakes out. But one thing I wanted to mention before we got started, Crash, and this is just from a NBA chitter-chatter, I can't remember ever seeing a stretch of time like this last week where I've had seen so many changes, guys sitting, mm-hmm. rest days, you know, injury management days. Uh, then you've got the, the COVID protocol stuff, regular injuries. I mean, it seems as though we go into these slates with having to adjust to no Seth, uh, Steph Curry, no Joker, no Luca. It's just yeah. on and on. And we're not talking about mid-range guys. We're talking about the big boys. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really been interesting. And, you know, yesterday you had Durant and Curry and, uh, Jokic got ruled out late, you know, yep. so, I mean, those, those guys right there, those are the top three guys on the slate probably going in. Exactly. So. And, you know, I think it gives us an advantage and I know everybody's, you know, upset about it. And it's like, wow, how do we adjust to these? Well, we, this is what we do. I mean, we're on this 24 seven, we literally are. So a great time to get involved because let us do all that hard work for you and put out uh, the group of players that, that you can uh, choose from. And, 
We'll do that on DraftKings with a, a highlighted starting five and then a bunch of other players on the list that you can build out your lineup. And then on FanDuel and Yahoo, you're going to get full uh, cash lineups and GPP lineups. So let mm-hmm. us do the work. We've seen our members just kick and tail and some of them will occasionally pivot with a guy or so, which is great. We encourage that if if you're really hot on somebody's heels and and that really helps as well. But uh, one thing I wanted to mention, Josh, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this on the podcast, but and I hate to talk about it because it makes me seem like an ancient old grandpa, but do you know that I, and it's on our website if you want to check it out, but it's a true story too, and nobody believes it, but we, I started my, uh, my first NBA, we called it a uh, rotisserie league back in those days, mm-hmm. but my first NBA season was 1980, so we're talking 42 years ago, well before you were born and a lot of these people. So I, you know, I always think about through the years, you know, how each year goes. And I don't know if it's post COVID this season or whatever, but Mm -hmm. I honestly, since 1980 to now, which I think is one of the longest NBA fantasy leagues in the world. Yeah. But I don't remember this many uh, people sitting and people Mm -hmm. out and people injured. It just seems to be really bizarre this season. Yeah, that's 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 crazy that you've been at it for that long. I mean, I didn't even know that fantasy sports existed back then, you know. So I should be a billionaire right now, Chris. That's what the deal is. No <laughs> doubt about someday, it. Maybe someday soon. We'll see. What what is your theory on why it's just so crazily everybody sitting and out and injured and protocoled? You think it has to do with the COVID stuff and going back to a full season now that we didn't have last year or the year before. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I also think that there's just a lot of, you know, these, these players have this load management thing that wasn't a thing 20 years ago, you know, there's a lot of resting guys and uh, especially on back to backs and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if it's also the conditioning um, from the, from the way that they went from, the short break in between the seasons, you know, I, I'm not really sure what it is, but yeah. it's definitely been a, a real thing. I mean, there's no way around it. The last point, and then we're going to dive into these eight games. You know, the days where you could look and, you know, check things out, set your all your lineups, you know, 20, 30 minutes before lock, shut off your computer, and then just relax. Those days are over too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you don't, you know, read and react to things are going on like last night you know we found out the joker was scratched you know 20 30 minutes before the game you know you've got to watch it throughout lates all three sites have late swap the main sites and you got to utilize it i mean that's Mm -hmm. that's how we cashed yesterday and you know with that late swap people are smart i mean we yeah i think our main lineup was 362.1 and we snuck into some cash but not like you would think. I mean, you got to right. be sharp on your game and you can't have any duds in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. But we'll figure it out as we go. We're still early in the year, so we are. All right, no more messing around here. We've got eight games. I'll give you the game set lines, injuries, all that fun stuff and then you give us that expert crash analysis if you will. All right. All right. Here we go, man. Eight games. We're going to hit eight games up, eight games down. Uh, We're not going to go over the Houston Knicks game. That's a 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, That's a standalone. We're going to start our night off with the first 7 p.m. game. It's the New Orleans Pelicans at the Indiana Pacers. Indiana's seven-and-a-half-point favorite, 214-and-a-half total, 103.5 implied for the Pelicans, 111 implied for Indiana. As far as um, records and such here, we've got the Pelicans 3-14, and 14, Indiana 6-11, and 11, very surprising poor start mm-hmm. there uh, for the Pacers. Both of these teams on the second night of a back-to-back crash, so that is an issue as well. Devontae Graham, who sat out last night, is going to play more than likely tonight. He is probable. Uh, Luzada and Williamson out for the Pelicans, TJ Warren out for the Pacers. All right, so here we go. The Pelicans, 26th in pace, Indiana, 25th. 
So that is not a conducive mix to extra DFS possessions. Right. Neither team has been super uh, efficient offensively. Pelicans 26th, Indiana 16th. And then defensive efficiency does get your interest. Pelicans' worst defense in the league, and we know Indiana can score the ball uh, mm-hmm. when they're hot, and uh, defensive efficiency for the Pacers right in the middle of the pack, uh, just about at 16. So, interesting game here. Uh, what is What are your initial thoughts, Crash? Well, my initial thoughts are just why is Indiana struggling so much? You know, they're they're six and eleven, and and they were supposed to be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, and they just haven't been. And you know, even with Levert coming back, they still haven't been able to put it together. So it's just really kind of puzzling what's been going on with them. I think um, it's coaching, personally. I mean, mm-hmm. I hate to say it because Carlisle brought us. Oh yeah, Rick Carlisle now. now. Yeah. I just don't think he – I think the coaching has passed him by, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, very well could be. Um, You know, I do like Malcolm Brogdon in this game. He's had a couple bad games against Charlotte and Detroit, but they're bottom 10 against point guards. New Orleans is, as you've mentioned before, they're one of the worst teams in defense in the league. Um, 8,200 on FanDuel and DraftKings, so it's a little bit pricey for him, but I just think he's due for a bounce back. And then um, Miles Turner, 7,000 on FanDuel, 6,500 only on DraftKings. The Pelicans have struggled against Bigs, and, you know, he's he's had three down games in a row, but he has shown a 50 to 60-point upside at times this year. So I, I do like Turner. So Turner and Brogdon on the Indiana side. And then on the New Orleans side, it really seems like even though Brandon Ingram has come back, Josh Hart has still been playing really well. He's 5,400 on FanDuel, 5,100 on DraftKings. Um, Indiana's 21st against small forwards. He had 42 fantasy points last night. And um, you could look at Ingram, but I would rather just save the 3,000 and, and go with Hart here. So that's really it for me in this game. Yeah, I, I good points there. I'm, I'm not a big fan of this game uh, completely, to be honest with you. I know Graham's mm-hmm. fresh after sitting out last night, but he does get Brogdon defense. Uh, Alexander Walker at this point is a GPP only play for me. You never know what the heck that guy's going to do. He is all over the place. For some reason, Hart keeps having pretty solid games and his price never moves. I mean, Mm -hmm. 5.1 on DraftKings seems like, you know, he needs to be in some lineups for value standpoint because his ceiling is pretty decent. Yeah, Um, Ingram's not quite himself or seems to be very into it if you will uh joe val still too priced too high for me and then uh, i'm with you i like brogdon i don't know if many people will push the button at 8.2 for him but mm-hmm. he's definitely in play for me i think like you said he's he's due for a 50 burger kind of game and he's uh really the only guy i'm considering on the pacer side yeah all right um, you ready to go to game two yeah. All right. We have a second 7 p.m. game. It is Miami Heat and Washington Wizards. Both teams on an island game here, so they're rested, ready to go. Miami's only favored by two on the road at Washington, but Washington has a great record. This should be maybe one of the feature games of the night, if not the uh, most mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, you've got a 210 and a half total, not super, 106.25 for the Heat. 104.25 for the Wizards. As far as injuries, big you know thing here that we need to know is Bam Adebayo questionable. He's been in and out of games and questionable and playing and not playing, so we, we definitely need that news. Tyler Hero should be back. He's probable. And then Morris and Oladipo are out. For Washington, that's the other big news. Gafford is questionable, so we know that that really propels Harrell if he's out. Uh, so we need that news. But Bertans, Bryant, and Hashimura uh, remain out. As far as the statistical set on this game, you've got uh, 15th pace in Miami, Washington 16th, so middle of the road. Uh, two pretty solid offenses, Miami 4th in efficiency mm-hmm. and Washington 17th. But the deterrent is you've got two of the top nine defensive teams in the league with Miami seven 
and Washington ninth. Whoever yeah. would think that after being 30th for a good chunk of last year. So what do you have here? The very first thing that uh, stood out to me was Washington being 10 and five. Um, you know, it's just really surprising. Felt like when Russell Westbrook left that they would probably struggle this year. And it just hasn't been the case at all. They've actually been a lot better Definitely. Um, so far. So the other thing that stood out to me was Kyle Kuzma, um, his game against Miami on Thursday with 45 fantasy points, 19 points and 13 rebounds. Very impressive game for him. Um, so he's 7,200 on FanDuel, 6,800 on DraftKings. Um, Jimmy Butler, if Tyler Hero's out again, you could look at him. He's 10-1 on FanDuel, 9,700 on DraftKings. He had 54 fantasy points against Washington Thursday night. Um, so I do like him. Bradley Beal, uh, you know, you would think that with Jimmy Butler out there, you know, that it could be a concern for him uh, defending him. But he had a 30-point game on Thursday night, um, 8,600 on FanDuel, 9,400 on DraftKings. Would prefer him more on FanDuel than DraftKings, um, but he's in play. And then on the value side, I like P.J. Tucker um, on DraftKings. He's only 3,700. He had 15 points against Washington um, Thursday night, so he's in play for me as a value play. And don't then, do it, man, don't do it. <laughs> just, just as a value play on DraftKings is all I'm looking at. Um, gotcha. Almost a punt play at 3,700. That's really cheap. And then um, Washington has allowed the second most fantasy points to point guards. So Kyle Lowry, I think, is a decent play, 7,400. Uh, and that's that's about it for this game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to enjoy watching this game. I don't think I'm going to have a ton of ownership here. I mean, I, I really respect both team defenses. Mm-hmm. And if Bam plays then both and Gafford plays, then both teams are sort of at full strength. If they yeah. sit, then everything shuffles. You know, if Bam sits, then you have to look at Deadman as the punt play, you know, because he's he's 3-8. Uh, Lowry, I agree, could be in play. But with Butler and company and Bam, if they're all playing, it, it you know, diminishes Lowry just a little bit. But I do like Lowry here. On the other side of the ball, you know, I just don't want to really attack uh, the Miami Heat uh, defense. And the only play that would be a no-brainer for me is if Gafford does sit, then Montrez Harrell. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I know I uh, played him the last time, and he, he started out great, didn't finish as well as he could. And he is 6'5", so he's yeah. not you know, a giveaway. But, man, when Gafford sits, you know, if the scenario happens, especially if Gafford sits – it's Harold, and then Bam sits. Then it's a real no-brainer. So mm-hmm. you need the news here. I wouldn't mind having a one-off, but definitely not my focus game. All right, let's go to the next one. Seven thirty. We move times. Oklahoma City Thunder, Boston Celtics. Uh, again, we have two teams that played last night. Uh, Boston smacking the Lakers, and then Thunder in a game right down to the wire with your Bucks. Um, Boston's a 10 and a half point favorite. The total's only 206. The Thunder, a paltry 97.75 uh, implied total bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Celtics, 108.25. So that is at least reasonable. Question is, does this game stay close or not? As far as injuries, the teenagers of the Thunder, no injuries. And then we actually have two monstrosity pieces of news that makes this game almost not worth talking about because Jalen Brown and Robert Williams are both questionable. So we know how much that shuffles the deck uh, with the Celtics. Statistically speaking, we've got uh, the the Thunder at the 20th pace in the league, Boston 27th. So that's why you got a 206 total. Uh, Offensive efficiency poor uh, for Boston, 18 for them, uh, as a young team does, 29th for the Thunder. Defensive efficiency, reasonable, uh, both above average. Oklahoma, mm-hmm. 13, Boston, 11. So statistically speaking, this almost looks like a cross-off game unless we get some designation on those injuries. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely could see that happening. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit before the podcast how – Oklahoma City is a pretty scrappy team, so they might be able to keep this game closer than you would expect. Um, 
you know, Jason Tatum, obviously, if Jalen Brown's out, you know, he had an amazing game last night, probably due for a little bit of regression tonight, but they are dead last against power forwards. Oklahoma City is, and they're 26 against small forwards. So whatever you consider him to be, um, you know, they're pretty, pretty poor against both positions there. And then Al Horford, if Williams is out, he's in play for me. 7,000 on FanDuel, 7,600 on DraftKings. And Josh Giddy really impressed me last night. I mean, he's been pretty impressive all year. He really has. So 6,000 on FanDuel, 6,200 on DraftKings. You can count on him probably getting 5X for you almost every night. So, Yeah, I like the, the Giddy uh, call there. I mean, he's, he's a triple-double kind of guy waiting to happen. He had a couple of passes last night that were just ridiculous. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of potential. 6-2, though, it's not a giveaway, so you got to pay for it. And he does, I mean, he is pretty consistent for a rookie, but there are games like this where if it does blow out, you know, he's not exactly blowout proof because they're using their bench like crazy. I've seen games where they've played uh, Gildas Alexander, Dort, Giddy, Baisley, Rob, JRE as they call him, Robinson mm-hmm. Earl, Favors, Poku, Kenrich Williams, Muscala, Ty Jerome, Aaron Wiggins, Trey Mann, Roby. I've seen all, I mean, literally a 14-man rotation. So yeah. I'm afraid to play the Thunder on most nights. And, you know, I respect, uh, you know, the defense of Boston. But mm-hmm. I need to see if Tatum, or I mean if Brown and uh, Williams are in or out. Because I'm with you. I think if Williams sits, Horford's the guy. Uh, Tatum at 9-9, I don't know if they're going to need him full, full yeah. board here. And especially if Brown plays, it's an immediate cross off for me. Right. Yep. I, I totally agree there. Only if only if Brown's out would I even consider Tatum tonight. So especially right. like I said, with his regression most likely coming tonight after what happened last night. You would think he could smoke him though too. He is awesome. Yeah, he is. All right, Charlotte at Atlanta, 7:30 p.m. Eastern, second night of a back-to-back for the Hornets. Island game for Atlanta in Atlanta. So big advantage on that just fact alone. Um, You've got Atlanta's favored by six and a half. How about a nice, fat, old school, juicy 226? Now that's what Mm. we're talking about. We need some of those. The the 220s have disappeared lately. Do you you know the the season before last or last, uh, everything – since the COVID and bubbles and all this crap, I can't keep a track. But mm-hmm. I remember when there were games of 246, 248. Now you're you're lucky to get out, you know, get to 220. You have a make do a happy dance. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, so 226, the the implied good for both 109.75 for Charlotte, 116.25 for Atlanta. That gets your attention. As far as injuries, PJ Washington doubtful. Uh, Hunter and a Kongu out for Atlanta. Charlotte coming in at 10, 10 and 7. Atlanta trying to scratch back little by little to 500. They are 7 and 9. Statistically speaking, uh, in this one, we have uh, sixth fastest pace in Charlotte, ninth for Atlanta. So that's part of the, the big reason for the, the high total. Mm-hmm. 10th and 7th in offensive efficiency. Again, a, an excellent uh thing for over type betting and extra dfs positions possessions and then uh defensive rating how about 25th for uh charlotte and 28th for atlanta so this could be the key game i mean how many guys is too many for this matchup what do you think yeah, I, I definitely like this game. I've really tried to attack the guards against Atlanta uh, pretty much all year. So LaMelo Ball is the first player that stands out to me in this game. He's 8,700 on FanDuel, but one thing I don't like is he's 10-4 on DraftKings. That's a hefty price to pay um, for, a, for a guy that, you know, he might he might get 50 or 60, but he also might get you 40, you know, so – that's what a difference between the two sites, you know? Yeah, exactly. Crazy. But um, love him on FanDuel. Um, might even be considered a lock for me on FanDuel at 8700 It's yeah. a really good price. Um, 
Terry Rozier is another play that you could look at 6,100 on FanDuel. Um, I don't have his price for DraftKings for some reason. Do you know what he is on DraftKings? 6-2. So about the same on DraftKings. Uh, once again, attacking Atlanta with guards. And then um, Gordon Hayward, 6,300 on FanDuel. He's a little bit more on DraftKings at 7,000. So like him more on FanDuel as well. And then um, the bigs, you know, for Atlanta, I like. I like John Collins, 7,100 on FanDuel, 7,000 on DraftKings. Charlotte's ranked 28th against power forwards, and Collins has had 40-plus fantasy points in three of his last four games. Yeah. And then Capella, um, you know, playing a little bit better in his last five games. Prefer Collins, but I think Capella and Collins are both in play for about the same price. Yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, this is a lot of intrigue here. I'm with you on LaMelo. I think he's going to have a big game, but the price is just a little much at 10-4 on DraftKings. So he'll be on the other two sites for me. I'll be dialing him up on uh, FanDuel. Or, yeah, FanDuel and FanDuel, Yahoo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rogier, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I haven't seen him quite hit his stride yet. He missed early on with injury, so I'm not completely sold on him just yet. But this could be the game he busts mm-hmm. out. He's got a good ceiling. Hayward's price is now down enough where it's it's uh, uh, competitive, and I'm, I will consider him. I think that uh, Plumley and Capella both get played off the floor in this game. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of Collins at center and Bridges at center, et cetera, as they bring guys in. Sometimes they have Ubre at center, and uh, the Hawks will you know have Gallinari playing the five. So. Yeah. I don't particularly like the bigs at all. I do think Bridges and Collins on both sides of the ball, statistically, like you mentioned, I think they're both in play, and they're not ridiculously priced. Bridges mm-hmm. at eight and Collins at seven. Uh, definitely want exposure there. So I I wouldn't mind at all coming out of this game with, with a, a possibly three players total. Uh, I think it deserves to be the highest uh, total game, and I think – you know, you're going to have to have some pretty steady exposure to this game to get into an optimal lineup. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people might play Trey Young, but I don't want to play him against LaMelo Ball's defense. I respect that. So, yeah, 9 5 is a little bit high, but again, you know, there's a guy, if you're feeling it, it's, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of ceiling possibilities there. Mm hmm. All right, let's go to the 8 o'clock game. It's the Orlando Magic and those lousy Milwaukee Bucks. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you got both teams on the second night of a back-to-back, so let's consider that. So let's hear what you have to say about your big wheels, Holiday Milton, Giannis on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, that is going to be interesting. Um, Milwaukee's favored by 11, so that's the other thing. Could be a blowout. Only mm-hmm. 13, which is low for a double-digit spread. 101 implied for Orlando, 112 uh, for Milwaukee. As far as injuries go, we've got um, MCW and Etwan Moore uh, are both probable for Orlando. Fultz and Isaac remain out. For Milwaukee, Hood is probable. DiVincenzo and Lopez have been out and remain out. So here we go. We've got two interesting squads here on back-to-backs. Orlando's 21st in pace, Milwaukee 18th. So not exactly flying up and down the floor. Milwaukee mm-hmm. was a lot quicker last year in pace. Offensive efficiency poor, too. You knew Orlando because they're young, 27. But Milwaukee 19th, I think that has to do with they've just everybody's taking turns being out for them yeah. for stretches. Uh, defensive efficiency, not good either. You know, again, that's why this game may be playable. Orlando's 26th, but Milwaukee's only 19th. But again, when you're missing Holiday for a chunk, Middleton for a chunk, all those guys, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to, you know, that's going to improve. I think they're a top 10 defensive team by the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee's, they have been dealing with a lot of injuries. And, you know, Brooke, Brooke Lopez has been one of the top. Um, interior defenders for the last several years. If you look at rim protection stats and stuff like that, he's always up near the top. So I think that that's had a big effect on them too with their defensive efficiency. 
Yeah. Uh, so when he comes back, I do expect those numbers to go up quite a bit. So for me in this game, um, my, my first play that I like is Bobby Portis, um, 6,000 on FanDuel, 6,700 on DraftKings. I feel like he's he's pretty blowout proof. He's going to get minutes, you know, pretty much no matter what. Um, and, and uh, you know, he's been, been very consistent this year. And I think that this game may stay close, but if it does, I don't know. You know, with, with Giannis having the big game last night, I think that he might regress a little bit. And Middleton and Holiday, I don't really want to go there. So, for me, honestly, on the Milwaukee side, believe it or not, I'm just looking at Bobby Portis. And for Orlando, um, you know, Milwaukee's really struggled at times with shooting guards. So I think that Jalen Suggs at 3,800 on DraftKings is a good value play. And um, I like I like Mo Bamba with Brooke Lopez out. He's 7,300 on FanDuel, 6,500 on DraftKings. And also Franz Wagner at 5,100 on FanDuel and 4,300 on DraftKings. So... I like the Orlando value here and then uh, Portis on the Milwaukee side. You there? Yeah, I'm here. You there? Yeah, I'm here. You there? Okay. Anything? You still got to? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. Very bizarre. Sorry about that for the technical okay. difficulties here. Let me dive into this game. I'm going to make it simple for you, Crash. This is going to be my game that I'm interested in. I think it could blow out. I don't mm-hmm. think in back-to-back has a lot of young players that they want to get in games when they're not super competitive. I Cole Anthony's one of my favorite players, not going to use him. You know, even Franz Wagner, who's done consistently well for his price, gets Chris Middleton. You know, I, I just, this game to me is the game that I think is the smartest just to move on down the road. Okay. Well, let's do that. Let's do it. All right, we go to the uh, another 8 p.m. game, and then we have two late-nighters uh, again, so that's cool. It's the Memphis Grizzlies and Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota minus 1.5, and a half's the total. 108.5 implied for Memphis, 110 for Minnesota. As far as injuries, you've got Brooks, who is doubtful because he's played a few games in a row. I think they want to mm-hmm. rest him. Melton and Merrill are out. So not having Melton changes things a bit. And then a Kogi and Nas Reed off the Milwaukee or Minnesota bench uh, are both questionable. So from a, a statistical standpoint, you got two of the four fastest pace teams in the league. So that gives you some inf- interest immediately. They're fourth for Memphis third for Milwaukee, uh, Minnesota. Why do I want to call them Milwaukee? Uh, Offensive efficiency, 11 for Memphis, 25 for Minnesota. And then defensive efficiency, Memphis, all the way down to 29th. It's a Mm. shock to me. And 12th for Minnesota. So I think this game has some definite potential. What do you think? Yeah, I do too. Um, You know, if you're going to pay up at point guard on, on DraftKings, I definitely think that John Morant is going to be the way to go. He's still, even at 10-2, he's still 200 cheaper than uh, than LaMelo Ball. You're and, not afraid uh, of Pat Bev? No, I'm not. Okay. He had, 50, he had 55 fantasy points against them on November 8th. You know, yeah. so I feel like he's pretty matchup proof, basically. Uh, yeah. As you mentioned, they're, they've been pretty tough on point guards. They're third. And, you know, third fewest fantasy points to point guards, Minnesota is. And as you mentioned, Patrick Beverly is a big part of that, obviously. So, sure. um, but yeah, I feel like Moran's pretty matchup proof. So I do like him. 
And then on the flip side, D'Angelo Russell had one of his best games of the year so far against um, you know Memphis on November 8th. 7300 on FanDuel, 7300 on DraftKings, so same price on both sites. And, um, you know, so I, I, I do like Russell. Um, I don't know if I want to go to Anthony Edwards. Um, you know, he's going to get you around probably 35 to 40 fantasy points, but he's 8,000 DraftKings, 8,100 on FanDuel. And then um, Towns, you know, Memphis is 28th against centers. Um, but he did have 51 DraftKings points against him November 8th, but he's 10-1 on DraftKings and 9,900 on FanDuel. So he's a little pricey. With Brooks being doubtful, I definitely like Desmond Bain, 4,800 on FanDuel, 4,500 on DraftKings. We saw what he did earlier this year when Brooks was out. So I definitely like Desmond Bain in this game. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of guys I'm interested in here. Uh, Want to see just some of that news for sure, to just to solidify, but... You know, I, I agree with you a little bit, as crazy as it sounds, because I avoid Beverly like the plague. But, you know, Jaw, especially with Brooks out of there, you know, takes over the reins of the team. Mm-hmm. And at 10 2, I've got to at least think about it. Bain usually gets you there at his cheap price. Um, you know, Jaron Jackson scares me because of the foul trouble, but at 6 4, I think is playable, especially when they go small ball. And then, you know, I think you can consider both Russell and Edwards. I, I think not both, but one or the other yeah. in, this, in this situation. Um, I actually lean a little more towards Edwards. I think he mm-hmm. has a bigger ceiling game than D'Angelo. And yeah, he I do agree started that. by Brooks, but no Brooks today. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, he could be a, a blowout kind of guy. And I know 8K is expensive, but um, – you know, his he's such a steady performer. He gets, you know, upper 30s minutes every night and is, uh, you know, pretty, pretty tough, man. I If you watch him play, he's yeah. got the full package. Yeah. So Brooks was guarding him in that game on November 8th? No, Brooks was not back yet. So, okay. But if Brooks has been back for three games, but if he was playing in this game, I wouldn't have considered Edwards. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, with him out makes sense. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's dive to the two late games. We've got a uh, late night card here starts two hours. These two games after the ga- uh, prior game before them. And uh, this first one, especially, I think is very good one uh, to take a look at. It's the Jazz Kings, Utah favored by seven and a half. Implied total for Utah, 115.5 for Sacramento, 108. So interesting uh, matchup here. Mm-hmm. We've got, um, let's see here. That Where are they? We have, I'm looking, there it is. Utah, Sacramento. Utah's 10 and 5, Kings 6 and 10. And boy, did they look lackluster mm-hmm. uh, in their last game last night. They just look, I don't know why. how Luke Walton keeps his job. They just look like yeah. garbage. Yeah, uh, they're six and ten, and just not looking good. Second night of a back-to-back for them. Utah's fresh. Uh, that doesn't make me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, would you believe uh, this is going to shock the world? I wish I could screenshot this. No injuries for either team. Wow. <laughs> I know. I don't. I haven't seen that all season for anybody. So statistically, let's dive in. Then Utah seventh in pace. Could you believe that? That's that's surprising for that's sure. That's why the number's good. Mm-hmm. Sacramento is eleventh. Utah's been super efficient. That's why they're ten and five. Third, mm-hmm. Sacramento fourteen. Defense, Utah also tough there. Fifth. Yeah. So they're single digits and everything. Only team in the league like that. Uh, and twenty first for Sacramento. So interesting game. I think there's a few diamonds in the rough here. Yeah, I, I like um, for Sacramento, though, there really isn't much I like, honestly. You know, Utah's being so good defensively, but it's 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 a little bit of a risky play. But Harrison Barnes had one of his best games against them this year um, with 49.8 fantasy points. And he seems to come back to earth lately, you know, and, and hasn't been performing as well. So I think that you know, like I said, it's pretty risky, but in a GPP, I think that that's a play that if he has a game like he did earlier this year, it could break the slate. 
you know, and not a, hardly anyone is going to play him. So um, I do like Barnes, but, you know, as far as the guards for Sacramento go, I just really respect the defenders um, for Utah. So I don't, I don't want to play them, but for Utah, um, Donovan Mitchell, 8,300 on FanDuel, 8,700 on DraftKings. He had almost 60 fantasy points last time they played Sacramento's dead last against shooting guards. So I definitely like Donovan Mitchell and they don't really have Sacramento doesn't really have an answer for Rudy Gobert either. Um, they've really struggled with bigs. He's 7,900 on DraftKings. I feel like that's a really good price for him. Um, so I, I like Gobert and Mitchell for Utah uh, quite a bit. Yeah, you know, my concern is, I mean, I would take Utah and, and, and give the seven and a half here. I just, the way Sacramento looked last night, their body mm -hmm. language, just, I mean, they looked like trash. And now they mm -hmm. got to, you know, go back to back here against a, a stubborn team in Utah. Yeah. This game scares me a lot. Um, I'm really not. I'm trying to avoid it as much as possible just because I'm afraid there's going to be loss of minutes. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, it can be the kiss of death. You lose that last rotation of five, six minutes. True. That's a massive amount of fantasy points you leave on the table. Yeah. So really the only guy that I'm considering in this game, if I can talk myself into it, is exactly who you said, and that's Donovan Mitchell. I mean, his usage has been terrific. Mm -hmm. He's been fantastic player. Uh they don't defend the shooting guard position well at all. So I may be just one off here with Mitchell, hope that he gets enough run to yeah. smash his number. But I'm not going to, you know, dabble around with trying to get a cheaper Bogdanovich or Metu. Or, mm -hmm. I just don't think this game is conducive to it. Now, what I will say on the Metu side, he's only 4-2. He's starting now. If the game does get a little out of hand, he may get a few extra minutes, but – they're trying to uh, play Bagley some now because they're trying to trade mm -hmm. him, so they're trying to showcase him a little yeah. bit. So the fact that he's getting 15, 18 minutes so that they can showcase that he's healthy to trade him, you know, that even jacks things up more for, for the bigs there. So not much exposure in this game, but I don't know if I can get away from Mitchell either. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's hit the last game, man. We got to build this two brains lineup. It's Philly and Portland. Portland minus six, uh, two seventeen and a half total. One hundred five point seven five implied for Philly. One eleven point seven five for Portland. As far as um, injuries in this game, we've got Portland with Lillard is probable, uh, but Thibel questionable for Philly. And then we know Embiid, Green, and Simmons are out for Philadelphia. Philadelphia has managed a 9-7 and seven record with all this nonsense going on. Mm -hmm. uh, Blazers have scratched back to get to 500. So this could be a, a fairly competitive game. Statistically speaking, pace Philly 22, Portland 8. Both teams know how to score the ball, though. Second for Philly, fifth for Portland defensively though disastrous 23 for philly 27 for portland now portland's never been good defensively right philly was a top five team most of last year but with all the guys taking turns being out specifically harris for a big stretch and now Embiid, they're all the way down to 23rd so that makes this game a lot more interesting than I was expecting. And I actually like this game better than the Utah Sacramento game. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, I like, you know, there's, there's quite a bit to like here, but I like the guards on the Philly side and the Portland side um, specifically, you know, of course, Maxi, he's been good all year, basically 7,100 on DraftKings, but Seth Curry had a really strong game against Portland on November 1st with 39 DraftKings points at only 5,000. And then Drummond had his monster game against Portland with 60 fantasy points on November 1st. So definitely don't want to keep you know him in mind there. And then um, Damian Lillard's been playing better of late, you know. So you could look at him. He's 8,500 on Fanduel, 9,100 on DraftKings. And then for some reason, Robert Covington's only 3,900 on DraftKings. I feel like that's just way too cheap for him um, going up against his former team too. So. That's that's about where I stand on the uh, on this game. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in Maxi a little bit 
at seven one. I think mm -hmm. Tobias is at a fair enough price at eight one. You can at least think about it. I do agree. Drummond in a good spot here. He's tailed off now a little bit, but yeah, his ownership's going to come way down. You know, with his price uh, at seven eight. Um, if Milton starts, he could be a good play. If Niang starts, you know, we need to see the lineup for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because those guys are all playable at cheaper prices. I do like Dame tonight, though. Uh, at 9-1, it's a little expensive. Just I really like the matchup at home. I think that, uh, you know, he could have one of those ceiling games. So he is one of my favorite buy-ups today. Um, as far as the rest of the guys from Portland, you know, CJ at 7-7 now is, is definitely dropped in price and has had some monster games. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have the courage to play both Dame and McCollum on an eight-game right. slate, right. but I do think they're both playable. And uh, so I, I could see myself here, you know, this being my second highest owned game uh, in combining a few guys from each side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do. I do like CJ too. I just feel like Dame is going to have the higher ceiling tonight. So, yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's build this two brains so we can let our people get this information and start putting some lineups together and getting some uh, holder lineups in there to get ready for uh, a really interesting slate tonight. I think there's – I love the contests. I love the slate. I think we can uh, really create some winners here. So I picked first last week, so you have the honors, my friend. Let me go ahead and put uh, Lamella Ball in there then. Yeah. That would have been my first pick too, just because the pricing's off. Mm hmm. All right. So I'm going to. It's a really good matchup too. I mean, Atlanta's been terrible against guards. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised he's only priced uh, at that number. Um, okay. Let me see here. Sorry. Okay. All right, I'm going to go um, – again, we may need to change this. Remember, we need to watch and see the news as the day goes on. So if we have to make any changes, definitely uh, tune back in. I would, I'd like to take power forward John Collins at 7,100. Okay. And I will go for the value with Desmond Bain at 48. <clears throat> okay. Bain at 48 shooting guard, correct? Or small mm -hmm. forward? Shooting, shooting guard. guard. Okay. Um, there's a couple of guys in the running for me here. Uh, let's see. I think I know you're not going to agree with this pick, and I apologize, but I'm telling you it's going to work out. I want Anthony Edwards Ant at eight one. Oh, I like. I mean, I like Edwards. I'm not saying I don't like him, just in general. Um, but so you're I don't cool. have an issue with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, Good. I'll go ahead and take Suggs at 48. I know I'm taking a lot of value again. <laughs> so I know. It's always like this. I spend the money and you save the money. So you have Suggs at shooting guard at 48? I have him at point guard. Oh, you're okay. Point guard. Mm -hmm. Can he play shooting? Yeah, he can. Yeah, let's do that so we can get – yeah. I, I, I like wanted to take Kyle Lowry. I like where you're thinking there, so – all right. Okay, so I appreciate that, and we'll move Suggs into that shooting guard spot. Mm-hmm. So what's our cash looking like right now? We've got 63-67 average for three spots, small power and center. Yeah, let me. So this is where we have to be strategic. You're on the clock. Mm -hmm. Let me take Portis at six. <clears throat> at power forward? Yeah, power forward. Okay, I like that pick. 
I knew you had to have your token uh, Milwaukee butt. Milwaukee butt, yep. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to let you choose center, and I'll leave you enough cash where you can find somebody good. Um, I just, his price just hasn't adjusted. I'm going with Josh Hart at 5,400. Okay. That gives you 7,700 for center. Does that work? Yep. I got Drummond. There you go. Bingo. We wanted Drummond anyway. All right. So we have a hundred left on the table. We have LaMelo Ball, Kyle Lowry, Desmond Bain, Jalen Suggs, Anthony Edwards, Josh Hart, John Collins, Bobby Portis, and Andre Drummond. I really like that team. Yeah, I think it's pretty solid. I do. I think we have a winner. Hope so. Line up and collect, as they say. I'm putting (laughs) it in the 777. I'm putting it in the 444. This is a GPP, so Mm -hmm. you got to go for the big, big hits here. So outstanding my man um we are right at how we doing time wise 51 minutes look at this eight games mm-hmm. eight games yep right on the money we got matching hats today yes Everybody's we're on missing. it we are on it <laughs> outstanding any final basketball words uh no i was actually gonna i was actually gonna do what i did last week and give a little bit of a football you know sure throw it out there Go for, um, for anyone that missed my prediction for the Kansas City Dallas game in the main slate podcast for NFL, I like the over in that game, and I'm predicting Dallas and Kansas City to combine for over 70 points. Whoo, okay. Yeah. Who do you think's gonna win? Uh, you don't want to know. All right. <laughs> I was gonna say this podcast is over if you have wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I think I, I'll City tell you right team. off the bat. I I do think Kansas City has got the upper hand in this game. I'm not, you know, again trying to be objective, but I think it'll be a fun game. Yeah, it'll uh, be a fun yeah. game to watch with Amari yeah. Cooper being ruled out with COVID. That's a big loss, you know. That sucks. Although Gallup is back second yeah, week. Yeah, and Lamb was a monster last week, so it should be a good game either way. But yeah, yeah, Kansas okay. City by three. That's my pick. Okay. All right. I'm saying last minute. Pass, Dak gets it done. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Excellent. I hope this helps everybody uh, NBA wise. If you're watching on YouTube, quick thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, give us a comment. That really helps us move up the algorithm on YouTube. If you're listening on any of our audio landing spots, quick five star and comment. That gets you into a drawing. And we only have 11 days left for that drawing for a one-week membership at Coach Talk. Remember, if you join us, dfscoachtalk.com, you can get as little as a three-day membership for $10 or a five-day for $19, and you get all of our sports. You don't just get one sport that you sign up for. Even if you purchase the NBA pass for the season, you get all of our football, golf, baseball, everything that we've got. So we'd love to have you join us. Plenty of time today to get involved. Awesome weekend action going. And uh, we hope that we really hammer out this NBA slate for you to get some big winners. So appreciate everybody for Crash Davis and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. We will catch you again tomorrow as we look to crush it in NBA DFS.